Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. Hamilton Southeastern School Board at-large elections go like this. There are three seats. All voters within the school district choose one candidate per township. There are five candidates in Fall Creek Township's election in 2020. The incumbent is Clint Wilson. He was appointed by the board to complete Mike Bothorff's term. Mr. Bothorff resigned his board seat during the term. Casey Alexander talks with Clint Wilson in this podcast. Hello, my name is Casey Alexander. Um, I'm a freshman at Fishers High School, and uh, I've been involved in programs like Model UN and We the People. Uh, today I'm here with um, Mr. Clint Wilson, who is uh, the one of the school board candidates from Fall Creek. Uh, Larry always started his podcasts by asking the candidate to tell them about himself or themselves. And uh, today we're going to keep that tradition. So, Mr. Wilson, please tell us about yourself. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Casey. And uh, thank you for taking the initiative to host these podcasts and to help share a little bit more about the candidates uh, with the community. I admire you for uh, taking on that task and and also appreciate it because I think it's important that uh, our community gets an opportunity to know a little bit more about each of the candidates. I'm a husband first and a father of uh, three children. I've got uh, a daughter in elementary school. I have another daughter in the HSE Preschool of Natural Sciences. And then I also have a son who is not yet in uh, HSE schools. I'm a business owner here in Fishers. Uh, My wife and I moved here in 2013. And and, uh, one of the main reasons we moved here was because of, uh, of the schools in Fishers. I'm a Ball State graduate, and for the last 15, 16 years of my career, I've been in the insurance industry. I spent about 10 years in leadership with a a major insurance carrier, and uh, um, the last uh, year and a half or so now, I have been in an agency role uh, back here in Fishers. And my leadership role, I was uh, spending a lot of time driving all over southeastern Indiana and not uh, around for my family as often as I'd like. So uh, when the opportunity came up to be an agent here in Fishers again, uh, I, I signed up in a heartbeat. So um, I'm also a volunteer. I uh, coach my, I'm an assistant coach for uh, a Mudsock sports softball team. I'm, I'm uh, a volunteer with the HSE Finance Academy and have mentored uh, students as a part of uh, that group. And I'm also uh, in my fifth year uh, volunteering with uh, YMI Youth Mentoring Initiative here in Fishers as well. Uh, all right. Thank you for that. Uh, now let's continue with the questions. Uh, to what extent will you be considering the student voice in your position as a school board member? Yeah, so, so the, when, when you think about it, our decisions must be made um, with a student-first mindset. Uh, there will be times where I'll speak with different members of the community and, and I'll hear, well, you know, the community would vote this way or the community wants this way. And the reality is the lens that a board member has to take is what is best for the students. So, um, very first, uh, in order to, to do what is best for students, we, we do have to look at it from a student perspective. 
I think I'll, I'll bring up a couple different issues where I think the student voice has been impactful in my role. Uh, one of the first ones uh, late uh, last year, uh, we talked a lot about the start time of school and I had the opportunity to uh, visit some classes at uh, Fisher's Junior High in addition to hearing from quite a few different students about the start time as well. And, and I think it's important to understand their perspective and, and to um, listen to student voice because they can, they can inform us, um, maybe not all the answers, but certainly some of the questions we should be asking to dig a little deeper and understand the issue. There's a couple other issues that I'd bring up um, as well. I, I got to sit in in a class last year at HSE High School, and the class was approaching a lot of different issues that the students might have brought up. But one of them that struck a chord with me was some black students talking about equity and um, about how they felt when uh, considering some AP classes. And it was very apparent as it was a group of students talking that had black students represented. It was very apparent that the black students were not being invited to take AP classes or encouraged to take AP classes at the same rate of other groups of students. And as they talked more about some of the um, inequity that they saw, I think it struck a chord with me about the importance of making sure that we are um, uh, fostering an environment where equity is a, a key piece. Now, the other thing I think as a board we should consider uh, when, when it comes to student voice, um, I believe we should consider having a student board member, a representative from one of the high schools that um, attends our meetings regularly, that, that can give us input. I think uh, that's been done in a few other places. And I think uh, when you talk about student voice, I think that's one of the ways that we can, we can help make sure we are considering student voice in, in all of the decisions that we make. Right. So you obviously just covered uh, one of your priorities there. Uh, with the student voice one. And also I was in that class when you came to talk about the, um, the start times. Uh, you talked to Ms. Stroll's class, I think, and I was there. Um, yeah, so she's, a, she's a lot of fun in, in a classroom. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how your math experience has been, but, but that was one of them for me that it looked nothing like the, the math class of, of 25 years ago. Yeah, it was, that was a different experience. I'll, I'll give it that. It was fun. Um, so you obviously talked about one of your priorities just then, but what would your top three priorities if elected to the school board be? Uh, or essentially, what's your platform? Yeah, I think, I think um, student first has to continue to be a, a key mindset in, in what I'd, I'd call a world-class education. And I think HSE has really done a good job developing alternate programs, developing AP classes, um, providing options to all of our students. And I, I think uh, when, I, when I say world-class education, I don't think we can just say, well, here is the best way to educate students and, and there's your answer. I think we really have to take a, a look at, um, are we meeting the needs of all students? I don't think we can expect that every student is going to go to college uh, after, after high school. I think we need to make sure that every student is positioned to be a contributing member of society the day they graduate. And that should be based on what their goals are and, and what they expect. And so I think um, programs like 
uh, Nature First at Ritchie Woods, like the ones at Connor Prairie that start to allow you to um, see different opportunities, even though those are at younger ages, I think they start to provide you opportunities to see real world. Um, Curiosity is a very important program. Um, and I think that goes on as you, as you get to high school. Um, I think we need to begin to tell the story of, of a student. And I think right now, um, that story is so often based on what is your GPA. And I think I would like to see the day where a transcript doesn't just say, uh, what is your GPA? The transcript begins to talk about um, what are some of the key skill sets this student has that will, will help them, whether it's in college, whether it's in the workforce, uh, digging a little deeper than just what, what, what grades um, do we get? So one is world-class education, and I think that all can be lumped in there. I think another one that is uh, key for HSE is a feeder system. Right now we have situations where um, students may go to elementary school together and, and not intermediate and maybe junior high and maybe or maybe not high school, that they go all different directions. And I think as much as possible, we need to uh, institute a feeder system that's, that's key for student mental health. Uh, and I think with the upcoming redistricting, with adding Wayne Township Elementary, we've got an opportunity to take a step back and see, are we using all our buildings effectively and how might we adjust to create a feeder system. And, and the final one that's, that's incredibly important to me, and I think you're gonna ask some questions about it a little later as well, is really the equity work. And, and we touched on it a little bit um, with the student voice. I think uh, there's an Instagram page um, out there that does not give the, a, a positive view uh, about race in our schools. And I wanna make sure to be a voice for, for students who um, don't feel like they're treated fairly, who, who do see racism in our schools. I want to be a voice and make sure that um, our board passed the non-discrimination policy before I was a member. And I think that's, that's phenomenal. The policy is, is something I support wholeheartedly, but I think we need to take a step past just the policy that's written words on the paper and make sure that it is being implemented and executed in all of our building, it's, buildings. Right. So um, this has been a remarkably unique year in regards to public health and safety. So how do you plan to ensure the safety of every student in the district? You know, um, there have been some being on the board right now. There have, have been nights where I've, I've struggled to, to go to sleep as I think about this exact question. You know, there's 23,000 students, 22,000 students that are a part of our district in and there's seven of us. Um, I'm fortunate. It's good. I'm one of seven. So it's, it's a group of us. But, but there's seven of us, along with our superintendent, Dr. Boroff, who are responsible for, for making those decisions. And, and um, I am clearly not a public health expert. I am clearly not a school safety expert. I'm not a police officer. I don't have those backgrounds. And so uh, what I bring to the table is the ability to ask good questions um, so that I can make sure I have a, a firm understanding of situations and issues um, and then be able to take that information and, and help our board of seven come to a consensus. I think um, we have to trust the resources. We have to, and if we, if we don't trust them, we have to bring in other resources. But 
Uh, we have to, to bring in advisors from, from a health perspective. We have to bring in advisors from a safety perspective. And we have to trust our superintendent that, that his full-time job is, is um, taking care of our students. And, and so I think um, asking good questions and taking time to understand, taking time to research issues before, before board meetings, that's, that's my role and, and certainly a commitment I would make uh, as we're working to keep students, staff, and and our community as a whole as as safe and and healthy as possible. That's fantastic. Um, we've also seen a huge focus on equity in the past few months, in tandem with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. Do you plan to advance equity and equality within our district? And if so, how? Absolutely. I think um, one of the first steps that we have to do is replace our um, director of equity and inclusion. Um, I think that role is critical in our district to make sure that uh, we are we are um, serving all of our students. I think um, th there's a couple things. Well, I, I guess before I go on to that, I, I would say in addition to having that role uh, as a board member, we should also be um, holding our superintendent accountable and his team accountable to knocking down the walls that would prevent that director of equity and inclusion from doing their job well. I think we need to expect that um, all of our all of our staff and employees, all of our administrators will be will be um, working with that director of equity and inclusion to make sure that we're doing what's right for all students. There's a couple things that, that I would also add on that piece. I think if you look at uh, the demographics of our current teaching staff, you'll find that uh, only about or slightly less than 1% of our teaching staff are anything other than white. Um, that is nowhere close uh, to the percentage of diversity in our student population. I think it's absolutely critical that we hold our superintendent and the um, team that is responsible for hiring educators accountable uh, to recruiting and hiring a more diverse teaching staff. Our students who are not white should be able to go into a building and see people that look like them. It shouldn't be um, entirely white staffs. And so I think that's a, an important component and, and something that I will, will, be, um, will be focused on intently uh, if I'm elected. And I think moving further on, I think we also have to encourage dialogue at all levels of the community and the district. I love that the city is offering interrupting racism training. Um, I took that course in February and I came away um, with a much deeper understanding of the role racism plays in, in our community. And I, I think it's easy to say, I don't think I'm racist. Um, but I think as you, as you dig deeper at, at some of the groundwater in our, in, in, in our um, natural responses, you start to recognize that, that, unintentionally in some cases, racism is there. And I think we need to, we need to, be open to the conversation that um, that will help us all move forward and and begin to uh, eliminate some of those some uh, eliminate racism. This is the last of the generic questions that we're asking every candidate. But why are you the best choice for the school board? In other words, why should we vote for you? 
You know, I think I've, I've had the opportunity. It, it was a blessing. I've had the opportunity to serve for the last uh, 18, 18, well, 15 months. It'll be 18 by the end of it. And I think um, I've had the opportunity to demonstrate to the public uh, how I will serve. And I think if you if you look at my track record, um, I think you'll find that I'm a thoughtful leader. I reserve judgment and I, I listen intently on, on all issues. I think you'll find that um, I, I am frequently in our buildings and I'm, I'm seeking input so that I can make the best decisions for all students. Uh, and that's absolutely something that, that I will continue to do. I think you'll find that I'm a consensus builder. I work um, not necessarily just in, in, in this is my stance in, in fighting for it, but also recognizing that as one of seven, um, we need to come together as a group. And, and that doesn't always mean that exactly how I think things should be done uh, are going to be the outcome. I think it's important as a board member to recognize that um, it's, it's more important that we, can, we get to a conclusion as a group than it is um, always that exactly how I think that conclusion should be come, comes into play. So I think for those reasons, uh, I'm, I'm an incredible fit for the board. Um, and I think most importantly, when you, when you look at um, a school board member, it needs to be somebody who um, will come with the lens that we're putting all students first, that all of the decisions I will make uh, will be will be based from a lens of what is best for all of our students. And um, I think that's, that's why that uh, I'd ask for voters to select me. All right. So that's the end of the generic questions. Now we move on to two more candidate specific questions. And the first one I have is uh, you've said that you support equity and inclusion for all, both students and teachers. Does this include students who are LGBTQ plus and students of color? Absolutely. It includes all students, all 22,000, 400, whatever the number is today and whatever the number is tomorrow, it includes all students. All right. So uh, on your or you mentioned on your website, voteforclint.com, that you're supporting educators. Can you list specific ways that you plan to do this if elected? One of the most important things, first of all, is listening to educators. Um, I think that, uh, again, I, I told you earlier, I'm not a public health uh, expert or a police expert. I'm also not an education expert. I think I know a lot more now than I did uh, 15 months ago, um, but I'm not, I'm not up to date on the, the most um, cutting edge education practices and, and how everything should be done in the classroom. But what I can do is I can go in and listen and I can understand um, where teachers are feeling uh, strong about their role, where they have questions. Um, I, am, I am one who uh, will frequently reach out to some of my teacher friends and, and just ask, how are things going? What's, what's, what's going well? What do you see um, needs room for improvement? I think uh, that is something that, that helps give me good perspective as to when we're making decisions because I do take the time to understand that. I think another key piece is I've been in a little more than half of our buildings in my time on a, a board member, and, and you got to think that those building visits stopped last March, and I really, uh, other than uh, um, being in my own kids' schools for a couple things now, I haven't uh, restarted those yet. But um, I think supporting educators means you are visible. You do stop by buildings if they need something. You're you're there to help. And I think as it, it goes on, uh, we look at that. 
um, making sure we are setting up our educators um, uh, so they are able to do their job with as, as few constraints as possible. And that as a, as a district, we're able to recruit top talent. I think um, we need to be doing all of those things so that um, we, we have happy teachers and uh, they want to stay here and they tell their friends that, uh, that their friends should want to be here as well. All right. Thank you. Um, that's all the questions I have. Um, I'm going to open this last part up for any closing statements that you might have. Well, again, Casey, I thank you for taking the time to to speak with all the candidates. I'd, I'd encourage uh, voters as you uh, as you consider the school board candidates, I'd encourage you to take time to look at my website, voteforclint.com. I'd encourage you to take a, a look at my Facebook page or my Twitter page, School Board CW. Um, you'll find that I am incredibly open with all of my thoughts. I, I have a strong belief in transparency and um, you may not always like what I say, um, but you should always know exactly where I'm coming from and, and, and have a good reason why I, why I feel the way I do. I believe that that transparency is critical to driving our, our district forward. I think there's over the next several years, of, uh, several key issues that, that are going to come up. I think um, when you look at a referendum, um, expiring. It is critically important to the success of our district that we renew those funds. Um, and if we don't, it will mean painful cuts in a lot of different areas. And so I think a school board that is um, transparent, a school board that communicates well with the community is essential to being successful there. We, as we talked about earlier, have redistricting coming up. Um, that's a, a critical issue. And we have an opportunity, I believe, to upgrade how things are being done in the district in that respect. Uh, and the reality is um, the most important job of a, a school board is to hire a superintendent. And I don't know that there's going to be an opening in the next four years, uh, but I believe that if there is, that I am in excellent position to help us hire uh, the best candidate available. I think my experience in leadership with uh, with an insurance company, um, I led a team of 40 direct reports and over 200 people, and and I've uh, been involved in at least 100 hires, um, probably more. I think that positions me well to serve our, our community effectively. And I'd encourage anybody out there who has questions to reach out. My email is schoolboardcw at gmail.com. You can also reach out uh, via the website, voteforclint.com or on social media platforms. I'm, I'm open to conversation. I'm open to uh, any ways we can best serve all of our students in the HSE district. Once again, my thanks to Izzy and Casey Alexander for handling the school board candidate interviews this election cycle. Remember, if you vote a straight party ticket, your voting process is not over. Continue on to vote for the county council and then for the school board. This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. On behalf of Izzy and Casey Alexander, thanks for listening. Be safe and be kind.